Hey guys, welcome to episode number two of the Own It Academy podcast. If you're thinking wasn't episode number one like four months ago, yep, it was. I've been sitting on this episode for ages and life has just got in the way, but I finally pulled my finger out and got this finished and uploaded. This episode is with Dan John, who in my opinion has some of the best insights in the industry. If you've not come across Dan before, he spent most of his career as an all-American discus thrower and has competed in high-level Olympic lifting and the Highland Games. I'm lucky enough to have Dan as one of my MSc program lecturers. Actually, well, as a caveat to that, and on the very slim chance that the powers that be at St Mary's are listening, Dan was one of our lecturers at the university, but they've decided not to fund it anymore, which is a horrible decision in my opinion, and I know in most of my cohort's minds also. Dan was one of the reasons I actually went to St Mary's. I've been reading his stuff for years and always just get so much from it. Guys, this episode is full of awesome information from Dan. It centers mostly around the theories from his book, Now What?, which is uh, one of a number of great books he has out and I highly recommend checking them out. Okay, so without any further ado, let's get this started. I hope you enjoy. Okay, let's do this. So today I'm talking with Mr. Dan John, who is one of my personal all-time favorite strength coaches. Dan, how are you, sir? And what is going on over in the States? I'm doing good. It's been a, it's, it's just been a couple of weird weeks here in Utah. It is, we've had snow like uh, it's December, uh, lots of it every night. And uh, we, and then it breaks, and then it all melts, and then it comes back up. And I'm talking, you know, way over half a meter, you know, every snowstorm. And then you dig out, and then day, the next day, it's melted, and whew, so getting my getting my uh, rotational work in, you know. <laughs> Uh, we had about two centimeters of snow the other week, and as you can imagine, it pretty much shut the whole UK down. <laughs> well. Yeah, uh, you'll you'll get more used to it with global warming or well, climate change. Actually, yeah, yeah. Uh, and Dan, you mentioned you're off to uh, Poland over the next couple of days. Uh, is that for work purposes? Are you going to do any training or teaching while you're there? Uh, just just work. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's um, yeah, it's a two day workshop. I'm going to go through a lot of the stuff I teach you guys. I've improved on a lot of it. I think um, we'll go through the the. I'm a big believer in you know that. Uh, uh, equipmentless exercise choices, you know, like uh, the Bulgarian stuff, the the planks and stuff like that. Because, and you'll and you'll all find out when you become trainers. You, you start off with this perfect facility, and then very soon, you know, you're, you know, you're, that machine broke. That perfect machine is broken, or you can't afford another, you know, twenty thousand dollars or pounds for another one, or you know, and then the thing that you had is not there someone stole it and then you have to learn as, as a coach to train with whatever you have whether it's if you have you start off with trx's the next place you might have just straps and the next place might be a you'll be doing them with a jump rope you know hooked up to a pull-up bar you just got to always be able to adapt that's a hard lesson or you go from a multi-million dollar facility you know, like, like some of the ones we have in the United States here to a little place that's basically the size of my office with you know, a lot of smells and a lot of mold. So you really need to learn how to handle body weight and 
you know, just any load is what you need, I, I, I think, because it's that truth. Now, you know, they're going to blow smoke up your ass when you're a student and say, well, the important thing, if you don't have this billion-dollar machine, you, you can't really get people out there. It's like, well, that's just not true. That's good. I'm looking forward to it, yeah. And actually, uh, talking to minimal equipment, I think you mentioned it in the book that if you brought a, a barbell in 1954 and you've still got it now, then you're, you're probably doing okay. That's right. If you bought a barbell for... When I was young, they were $165 for a 310-pound set, which is 140K. Uh, if you bought that, it's still – that that same bar uh, is probably still fine. You know, my coach, Dick Notmeyer, he bought his in 63, and he just sold them for more than he bought them for. So – but he just – like he said – when you, he's he's 87, having three Olympic bars around the house when you're 87 isn't as important anymore. <laughs> right. Uh, okay, so before we go on to talk about the book uh, and in relation to blowing smoke up asses, the idea behind this podcast is to provide you know lots of value to people coming up or working in the industry in regards to information, education, and development. And you know you're such a, a great example of someone who brings value to people. You only need to point out that you have a, a turn up and train policy at your home every day to understand that. But I've got another example I wanted to share, and you may remember this. So at St. Mary's on site last year, you was doing some lunchtime throwing coaching with some students, and there was an older guy there doing his own throwing thing. And you started offering him some coaching points, and you know that alone was awesome to see. You know you've worked with some incredible athletes over the years. But to still find time to offer your experience and knowledge to what was ultimately a passerby was great. But another thing that really stuck out is that, you know, initially the guy kind of didn't listen. You know, then eventually he starts taking information on board. He starts throwing PBs. You know, he's having a great day. <laughs> now, another coach who gave up their free time for someone not to listen straight away, you know, might have been tempted to be like, hey, I'm Dan John. You best listen to me. You know, but, uh, but you didn't. You kept offering it. And if he took it, brilliant. And if not, okay. And for me, that really shows how people need to stop telling people what they know all the time and instead maybe start showing or proving what they know is, you know, ultimately I feel that that's what creates the buy-in to the athlete or client. Well, maybe it's that, but I'd also think in track and field, if you either help somebody or you don't, there's, that's the beauty of sports that are time or distance is if they get better, you're doing it right. If they get worse, uh, you probably want to rethink what's going on. <laughs> uh, all right, then. So uh, let's talk about the book. It's called Now What? Uh, it's part of a series of other books you've got in there, Intervention and Can You Go? If someone's picking up for the first time, they need to have read those books first. Oh, gosh, no, no. But it's not a bad idea. You don't have to. They're all independent. And in fact, uh, Now What has some stuff from Can You Go? Can You Go has stuff from Intervention. But those three together, you know, work well. And you can see when you read the three of them where the development started to happen. Where I, I wouldn't say I changed my mind about anything, but uh, I, I got better clarity. You know, so you give, you know, you get, when, when uh, I first came out with intervention with the 10 questions, I liked the format. And then I realized that I really had only three. And then I realized that, well, and honestly, most of the time, I already know what the answers are. So why am I, you know, so, but now what is more of a, well, you know, you wake up one day, you're, you're in your mid forties and you're overweight. Well, now what, you know, or you're the Olympic champion on Monday morning. Now what, you know, that was kind of the idea of this is where do you go after you 
you know, any, no matter what happens in your life, you know, what's steps. Yeah. Uh, Dan, something I took from the book is that I guess most of the principles hold up in both a, a business or coaching clients and athletes kind of standpoint also. Yeah. Um, so there's you know, maybe the shark habits and pirate maps idea that you could use for business. Uh, and then, for example, you've got the, the two ladders sure. approach, pirate maps and ideas around goal setting for clients and athletes. How would you maybe suggest someone who's new to the industry apply these principles to help them in business or, or practice? Well, let's, let's, David, let's just slide back. See, the, right away when you talk to somebody, when the moment they come in, as, as a, even as a, an athletic person, an athlete, or just a normal fitness client, is they have they, they you have to define certain words for them. That's so as I tell you guys in class, and the hard thing sometimes of teaching at St. Mary's is that you guys haven't a lot of you have experience, but you don't have a lot yet. So you you haven't had the, a lot of frustrations yet. You've had a lot of good experiences, but you haven't been frustrated yet. And I tell you, man, it's the frustrations that teach you everything. So when people come to talk to you about health. That's the, we call it the optimal interplay of the human organs. It's your liver, it's your pancreas, it's your lungs. And you, you find out how your health is through blood tests and seeing a doctor. And you fix your health by seeing a dentist, uh, eye doctor, doctors, maybe it might be medicine, it might be a surgery, but that's health. And the next word is fitness, and that's the ability to do a task. And most people get wound up in that. They want to run a marathon, they want to run a triathlon, and that's all fine. But you, you could have a terrible cancer and still finish a triathlon. So the problem we have almost universally is those two words. And then the next word is longevity. And that's another important word because longevity is the quality and quantity of your life. Uh, for me, uh, I don't know how much quantity I'm going to have with the DNA that I have. Let me turn that, close that door. My family, we uh, we die young, you know. We do. Either uh, and in some of my family's cases, the Nazis get us literally. Uh, I had another uh, had a cousin who died uh, fighting over in Korea. Uh, we've had other issues, or we we die young. So for me, you, you got to talk to every client about that. Okay, you're going to make this decision to start taking all these drugs. You know, you're going to take amphetamines and anabolics to look good for this bikini weekend. Well, those amphetamines, the bang that those things are, yeah, you look better, but the beating it gives to your body, you got to pay the piper down the line. And then there's the last word, performance. And that is, of course, they call your name and you step in and you compete. In my world, I deal a lot with performance, which is why I don't care so much about certain things. There's a fifth one floating out there that I don't talk about, and that's fat loss. And that's what almost universally everybody wants. Um, I'm a, you know, I, I don't necessarily know if you like or hate this guy, but uh, he's a big, he's a British doctor. Um, Mosley, he's in every, he seems every time I go out there, he's written another book. And I always buy him because he's your, he's BBC's big guy. And this book, this is his second to last book. This is one where he talks about, uh, eating other people's poop to get, you know, your your stomach biome to your your belly biome to absorb fat better so you'll be thin. You know, I don't want my high performance athletes eating other people's poop. Uh, it's weird when I first say it, but 
Okay. Now, having said, I'm joking a little bit, but fat loss is what most of your personal training money is going to come from. Fat loss, fat loss, fat loss, fat loss, fat loss. Uh, we've discovered here in the United States that you know most Americans eat beige food. Uh, you know, chicken nuggets, French fries, what you guys call chips, uh, beige macaroni and cheese. This horrible dish. Um, beige. Every every food is beige. There is the stomach biome, if this is all true, there is no variation. It only needs a little bit to die. And if, if it need, there is no fiber in it, so you probably don't have to digest it very much. So this is an important starting spot, Dave, because otherwise people don't follow what I'm trying to get across. I'm talking about performance. They're hearing fat loss. Or, or I want to look like, you know, I want to look like that. Well, that's not performance. That's looking good. And the truth is, Especially if you're a man, if you practice good dental hygiene, you learn how to dance, and you learn how to talk to women, you'll do far better than flexing the biceps at a bar. So, is that okay? There's that. I had to say that, okay? Mm, no, not at all, Dan. I, I totally agree. People spend way too much time worrying about how much weight's on the bar or how they look in the mirror and neglect those like really important social and relationship building skills, which ultimately is their life. Um, all right, Dan, I want to talk about shark habits. So I've been implementing these into my day-to-day. They work really, really well. For someone who's not heard of them, what are they and what is their value? How much do you see that when I work with you? How much do you see my life as shark habits? You've seen me work. Yeah, uh, hugely. I mean, I can actually think of an example off the top of my head right now. So when I emailed you about coming on the podcast, I think before I'd even put my phone back in my pocket, you'd already emailed back to say yes. Yeah. So shark habits, one bite and they're gone. Now, so I have those two circles. So pirate maps are the inner circle and then shark habits are the outer one. And shark habits, now this, don't, don't take this rude because anything that's not your goal and your goal, I mean, I have multiple goals. I have, I mean, I'll have some physical goals. I have some financial goals. I have some personal goals. Anything that's outside of that, um, yes, no. Yes, no. Can you want to do the podcast? Yes. Okay. Um, do you want uh, you want bratwurst or steak? Steak. You know, it just you know you just so you're not cluttering your mind up. I I have this thing I'm doing for the 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 other university I work for Columbia, and I am of the thirty professors involved. I'm the only one, not only to be done, but week one's work was done when I was finished. And there's eight weeks of work. They gave me the assignment. I said, I don't want to do this. I did it. Done. It's out of my head. I'm not walking around all day going, oh, yeah, I got to do that. And that's eating away all my discipline to do everything else. And what's the thing we want to do is the pirate map. So shark habits clear the way out of all those decisions that you face every day. And there's a million of them, you know. Um, um, my, I have a cleaner come to my house every two weeks, and she called me Sunday. Will be a problem if we do something Tuesday. And I said, no. And I should have thought through a little bit. But no, it was just no, no problem at all. Because that's it wasn't that important to me. Yes, no, okay. Pirate maps, uh, the best way to think of it, if I have a book, um, do I have a copy of it here? I must be upstairs, but yeah, in fact, uh, well, I have a whole bunch of, this is my, 
this, these are just, this is one of my probably 200 uh, bookshelves in my home. Okay. And I have a book with Josh Hill. It's called fat loss happens on Monday. And it's a very good book and no one reads it. And no one buys it because the mistake we made gave them everything you need to do. What people want is this, go to St. John's Island, find the white coconut tree, walk six paces to the west, dig down, and there's a treasure. So a pirate map is, for me, my pirate map, sleep hygiene. So the night before I go to bed, I, I take sleep hygiene very seriously. I take the two, hour, you know, two hours before I go to bed, I take my supplements, I really start to wind down. Um, two, I wake up and I try to be grateful every morning. If I'm not grateful for something when I first wake up, that's my test. Then I didn't sleep enough. Um, I try to eat. Now, I used to say I will eat eight different vegetables a day. Now I'm trying to push it up to eight, 14 different vegetables a day. So when I go to a meal, when I go out to dinner, I'm trying to find all the vegetables. Uh, when I cook a meal, like if I make something as simple as chili, I'll throw in six or seven additional vegetables in there. Let it, you know, you funny things you don't even notice because it's just, you know, in the thing. Uh, I lift weights. Uh, I have a little pro. The, the next one is I have a little program program that I do. I lift weights, you know, three, I go A, B, A, and, and then I train my friend Mike back there um, two other days a week. And then the last one is I do a one minute meditation a day and it's from this app that's uh, on my phone here. This is, oh, by the way, this is kind of interesting. This is a, a telephone, but it also has a camera inside of it. So the, and the funny thing is I, I insist that I do the one minute meditation a day, but I also have an 18 minute one. And ideally, once you practice the one minute meditation and the app is called one moment meditation, very similar, one moment, one minute. Okay. So you do those. Now, if I, if, in a 365-day period, I sleep nine hours a night. I eat 14 different vegetables a day. I train five days a week. Uh, I meditate, and I'm fairly happy. Won't most of my goals come true physically just from that? So that's what the, that's what a pirate map is. What are those things? What are those? Now you can. I I don't like calling them habits anymore. What I'm trying to get people to think of is, this is who you are. You sleep well every night. You wake up happy. You eat your vegetables. You do your workouts. You take a few minutes to yourself every day. Maybe you could write in, I'm going to read 15 minutes every day. I'm going to read the great books. I'm going to read Moby Dick. I'm going to read uh, The Odyssey. I'm going to read The Count of Monte Cristo. A friend of mine just talked about that. And whatever it is, though. And at the end of a year, if you read 15 minutes a day, you'll have read a number of really great books. In a 10-year period, you'll be the most well-read person you know. So it's a phrase I was taught, you know, by Coach Mon, little and often over the long haul. So pirate maps really are high-level training techniques. You know, it takes about eight years to become a good thrower. Eight. You can't rush it. I can't get you to be a great thrower in eight weeks. No. I've been able to get people okay in eight weeks at the, uh, we would call it high school there. You guys would have a different name for it. But at the high school, the under, the under 19 level, I can get you pretty good in eight weeks. You might even be, you might even win because 
we're, we don't have time in the eight weeks to do a lot of stupid stuff. You know, you're not, if you're, if I'm going to teach you the shot put in eight weeks and you have a big competition, you're not going to do any plyos. You're not going to do any, you're not doing anything except throwing the shot more times than anybody else. Okay. But if you want to be great, it's going to take you eight years. So if you wake up fat one day, you know, you're 45 years old and the doctor says you're fat. You know, I, I'm going to tell them now, here's the thing. This is why I don't get hired. I'm going to tell them it's going to take you eight years. You're going to tell you, eight, yeah, I've got this six week program. You're going to win more clients than me, but we both know the truth is take a while. Now, um, I'm in a new year's challenge right now. And in three weeks, um, I've lost a kilo of fat. Mm, that's not too bad. Well, here's the thing, because it's been all these measurements. We do all these fancy measurements. If I try to sell people on a kilo of fat every three weeks, no one's buying that. Mm, no, people expect way too much for their weight loss. So at the end of the six-week challenge, if and my goal was to lose two kilos, that, that's it. Well, people look at you and be like, well, this thing, this guy, one guy lost 40 pounds. Yeah, but I, this would be sound strange, but I want to not deal with it anymore. I, I want it to be done. Before I had my surgery, I weighed about a 115K, and now I'm down to I'm about 109, 108. The, the problem is, I don't, you might not remember, but I was in a ton of pain when I was coaching guys in, uh, in St. Mary's because the, the, the hip was going really fast. <laughs> yeah, I remember. Yeah. So when you're hurt, you know, you put weight on that. Some of that weight is just cortisol, water, and inflammation. But that kind of thing doesn't sell. So my goal with the pirate maps, what I'm trying to get people to realize, is that, you know, inch by inch, it's a cinch. That's a, you know, (laughs) if you do a little bit every day over 365 days, magic will happen, you know. If you do this six-week challenge once a year and you lose, it's not a fat, let's just say, you lose five kilos and then you put on six kilos. You lose five kilos and you put on six kilos. Five, six. Well, over a 10-year period, you're 10 kilos heavier. And you keep saying to yourself, God, I lose that five every year. Well, you know, I hope this is okay. I, I hope I hope this explains things. Yes, yeah, um, I, I totally agree as well. I mean, I was reading a, an article on LinkedIn recently, which I thought was really cool, um, talking about weight loss targets, New Year's resolutions, and how people set these unrealistic expectations as soon as January rolls around. And the idea was, well, why not just set like a one pound weight loss target per year? So if you go between 2018 and 2019, you're one pound lighter. Because if you can do that every year consistently, then you make consistent progress in your weight loss i wrote that i wrote that article for men's health did you okay i didn't realize that i said i don't and oh my god you should have seen the the comments below it was can i swear yeah sure most of the comments were fuck you (laughs) i mean most of the comments were you know you know you know you know but the truth is if you're one pound less uh half a kilo less 365 days you're miles ahead of everybody in the oh yeah miles how many times have you seen someone lose a load of weight you see them again that same time next year maybe and they're put on more weight than where they started you know supposed to you lose one two three pounds every year consistently and you're winning in terms of weight loss you're winning And and it always sounds strange when you talk to people like this because 
what we just said, we both know is true. We both know what we just said was true. And yet, when you talk to people, they they can't hear. You know, I always talk when I teach you guys, students, I always mention this word called steno symbol. Whenever you talk about weightlifting, the steno symbols uh, bodybuilding. But the truth is, when I talk about weightlifting, I'm talking about improving performance. Whenever you talk to people about anything, when it comes to the realm of fitness, health, longevity, it's always I'm going to turn things around in four weeks, three weeks. I'm going to do this cleanse, this 14-day cleanse. And we all know, we know it doesn't work. A 14-day cleanse is, if you sit down and logically, so I'm going to undo the damage of 10 years with a 14-day cleanse. I don't know what kind of, the logic doesn't work. You know, so I've been, you know, I've been abusive to my wife for, you know, 10 years. I'm going to undo all that. We're going to go to dinner. We're going to go to dinner. I mean, first off, don't be abusive to your spouse. And second, that's stupid, you know? Yes. All right, then, we spoke earlier about the effectiveness of pirate maps in the client aspect. About pirate maps from a from a business focus, so say for a personal trainer starting their own facility or, or maybe a personal training business, is there a way or an outline you would suggest for someone starting a business to use pirate maps? Let me slide one more. Now, if it's a business model, I want you to use one other additional thing. Now, if you're new to business, I want you to start to put together a checklist, okay? And there's probably with a business, let's say there's four, but I know for sure there's three, and I'll come back. Uh, First, I would say you need an annual checklist, okay? So I don't know, and and, uh, maybe once a year you go in, uh, there's certain things that'll be annual. Now, let's make it simpler. Let's slide it to the monthly. Okay, I don't know when you guys pay tax. When do you guys pay taxes? Uh, April. Okay, same as us. Okay, so when do you want to put together all your tax information? Or hopefully not the day before. No, probably February. February, March. March is fine. That's when we do it. So on March 1st, you'll have a little number bullet point number one. Gather tax material. That's bullet number one. Um, here's the funny thing. Once you start working these checklists you'll have a file that you'll put them in and you'll, you don't have to worry about it. It'll take care of itself. Okay. Um, do you have a, a, do you have a heater in your gym? Uh, yep, there is. Okay. When should you have the heater checked every year? You shouldn't you have the heater checked every year? So in October you have a annual check. You have an annual meeting with the heater guy. He comes in, he charges you, 50 pounds to look it over and go yeah it's safe for the year do you have an air conditioner i don't know if you do it um equipment you should have a certain time of the year where you reevaluate all your equipment pick a month it doesn't matter and what i want you to start doing for example you might not even think about it but when do you buy toilet paper or paper towels mm, weekly probably weekly oh so you have a weekly checklist too you're telling me so you have a weekly checklist. Do you have a list of every supply that you have in the facility? Or do you just wait to run out of things and then run to the store? On my on my refrigerator, uh, we have a little thing that's got every possible thing we'd need at the store. And well, before I go to the store, I just look at this list. And, and then I go to the store. Every supply you have in the gym should be on a supply list. 
especially things that you have to replace weekly, okay? So you have a weekly checklist, um, a January, February, March, April, May, and then an annual one. And then maybe you want to have a business checklist. For, I don't know how often like you want to recertify or what your I mean, see, I think your master's degree is far more important than a cert. But when do you want to when do you want to do continuing education? You do it every three years, every seven years. Do see, I go to one workshop a year where I'm I my name is I have a little thing that says Dan John on there, and I get my ass handed to me. Uh, I mean, famously that Fit Ranks one I went to, where kind of everybody knew who I was, but I was a grunt just like everybody else taking notes doing the drills. So for me, I, I try to have an annual thing. Uh, last year, I was trying to go to MoveNet. I was the only person to sign up. MoveNet, you ever heard of the company called MoveNet? Uh, no, I don't think so. I was the only person to sign up. So they canceled it and they apologized. So, <laughs> um, you know, it can be Tim Anderson's Original Strength. You know, it can be a kettlebell. Uh, for you, for, for most trainers, I recommend the one-day stuff usually. You go to Tim's one-day introduction. You go to the HKC, Heart Style Kettlebell Cert, the one-day one. You go to the one-day TRX thing. You go to the one because you probably don't want to be away from your business too much, but you also, and this is going to sound weird, you don't want to become an acolyte for this new thing. After five days or something, you come back and you're sort of brainwashed. Okay, we're throwing all the barbells out of this gym. We're getting rid of everything. All we're going to have is um, this. This this is how we're going to train everybody. We're gonna take the you guys call this. We call it you call it cell sellotape. Sellotape. We call it scotch tape. That's funny. It is. It even has a uh, scotch uh, tartan. So I'm going to take you know all my training for the year. We're going to do pulls, pull aparts with scotch tape. We're going to do. I'm going to wrap around my arms and do you know squeeze it out, do bicep stuff. Then about a month after you've been back for the cert, you're like, why did we throw out all this good stuff again? What was the what what, what were we thinking? You know, because it's happened to me about 43 times. That's why. So, so a pirate map for a business would have layers, a weekly a monthly, an annually, and then like a big vision. I don't even know what to call that. The big vision one. You know, you know when you hire somebody and they, you know, this is what I, I want you to take. Uh, John Berardi's, there's just, a, they want to be a trainer. John Berardi's Precision Nutrition. I want you to do the HKC. I want you to take the TRX class. So, well, you can't do that in a month. So you say, oh, no, no, no. I want you to do that over the next this is my vision for you. You got that? And then and then every employee probably should have, do you have a daily checklist? You probably do. So the daily checklist feeds into the weekly checklist. Sorry. So, the, the, um, so the weekly checklist, um, the daily feeds the weekly, feeds the monthly, feeds the yearly, and then the big vision. That is a more of a pirate map for business, okay? Because with the business, you do have to make sure you have toilet paper, right? You have to make sure you have the whatever the things are. But you so daily, you know, someone notices, you know, we're we're down uh, some some supply. 
you know, part of their thing is to check to check that master sheet that you have, the, the supply sheet, okay? And then over time, you might say to yourself, you know, we are using a lot of whatever. And then you have to, then you have maybe asked a big question. Is this something, is there something we're doing wrong with whatever? Like if you see your heating bill go through the roof all of a sudden, what's going on there? Well, then, I don't know if you own the facility or you rent it, but if you own, well, I need to, I'm going to spend a couple thousand on insulation and better windows. You know, I'm going to get those, I'm going to hire someone to seal the cracks because that thousand will be paid for on in a couple of months of heating bills. Okay. And that'll give you a chance. To, then you're starting to look at your business as we look at a performance athlete. So I think, so, but see, here's the funny thing. I got, so I took this checklist idea that from business and I poured it into my athletes. When you compete, I expect you to have a little, I'll be about this big, be about this big. And on it would be everything you should have in your bag. So if you're a discus thrower, number one would be discus. Number two would be discus throwing shoes. And number three would probably be shorts of some kind or, you know, an appropriate. And then after that would be sunscreen, a towel, um, water, snacks, you know, a book. I bring this uh, Bobby Fisher teaches chess book when I compete because every page is, is a very quick solution. Uh, it's a chess question with, with a quick solution. And I can spend hours going like this. Um, that's right. And my my mind is on a chess problem, not on whether or not it's raining or whatever, you know. So checklists. And then as a coach, I got this from my friend Bill Witt. And this is something you can do for your own business. He has for his he has a drills checklist for his throwers. And every event, every drill he does. You, he checks it off as the season goes on. For example, if a kid is not doing something right, he'll look at the checklist and go, "Well, that's my that's on me. I forgot this drill that I've been teaching for 20 years." Yeah, I don't know what because you forget things. And I don't know if you saw my uh, it's a thing called Instagram. All the cool kids are doing it. So I put up a very good one yesterday. Of um, um, I have a very good one of. Um, it's a guy has a gym, he has a whiteboard, and it says push, pull, hinge, squat, loaded carry. And then underneath there's these three things. And all that so what they do when they do when they program a workout. And I would arc also argue, you know, they should have like groundwork or something like that in there. But that I, I'm not and then they go four sets of five on the push, pull, and squat, and they have hinges, you know. And all of a sudden everyone you're, everyone thinks you're a genius, and you're not really a genius. You just have a system in place. Now what basically is all about having a system in place. Now it's also about tension and relaxation and rouse and all that stuff. But really the most important part of it is putting yourself in a situation. Um, there is a cliche called the big rocks. Do you know the thing about the big rocks? You know, Yes, it's the theory of um, big rocks being big problems, and then you can fit smaller problems around them and so Okay, my thought as a coach, let's take care of the big rocks. Let's, and from there, we'll take care of the smaller rocks. And I'll do my best to make sure the, everything else is covered. But if we've got this covered, we're going to be okay. And i got to tell you, 
okay is not bad. I mean, I know that sounds a little weird, but okay is not bad. Oh, um, I think sometimes that people strive for perfection, but they miss push, pull, hinge, squat, loaded cake, uh, loaded carry. They want perfect, but they don't have vegetables, water, and protein. They want this great training program, but they don't sleep at night. They want to have. They want to be. They want all these mental tricks, but they can't. They can't do a one-minute meditation, and they're asking for some kind of voodoo from me. If you can just take care of the, it comes down to this: How many times do you want to make the same mistake? Well, if you're once, you're you're amazing. Okay. <laughs> my my next book coming out is called Forty Years with the Whistle, and one of the things I've noticed is. My great coaches and mentors have basically gave me a wonderful template for success. And the template for success was, you know, what sport are you going to do? Just just tell me a sport. Um, rugby. Okay, you can do rugby. Well, 80% of your time should be training on rugby. And it'd be great if you could be out there with the other guys, you know, the whole team. And But, you know, on, on your own, you'll need to work on skills that I don't know what those skills are on your own. And then maybe 10 to 20% of your time, you should get bigger, faster, stronger, okay? Uh, if you said Olympic lifting, I'd say, yeah, the bulk of your time, you probably should be in Olympic lifting. And if you need some back squats, good for you. Discus throwing, well, you should throw the discus a lot. I mean, a lot. Hammer throwing, hammer throw a lot. And I noticed my good coaches, oh, my good coaches, every practice session was a performance. We were practicing the sport. We weren't doing mindless bullshit that doesn't carry over to the field of play. And when I, I got to tell you, man, it's been tough for me at St. Mary's a few times because I feel like a lot of the students, I almost feel like they push back on what I tell, tell them because they want, and I know I listen to this stuff and it's like they fall in love with this, you know, a 247, these scientific, and the thing is, most of you, when you first get your first jobs, you're not going to be able to do any of that fancy stuff. You're not going to have the equipment. You're not going to have the experience. And you're not going to have the buy-in from your athletes. But other than that, go ahead and do it. And everybody wants the sexy. Everyone wants the esoteric. But the truth is, the basics the basics work. And they've always worked. Yeah, I uh, totally agree. It's something that actually really frustrates me, this idea of having to do something different. You know, taking perfectly good exercises and loading schemes and periodizations and maybe turning it into something that actually probably takes more time or more effort and more energy and gets you maybe half the results. Yeah. Um, your job as a strength coach is to improve someone's speed, their strength, their power or their robustness. And there's decades of experience available out there for how to do those things. So you know, maybe practice your programming, practice programming for individuals and you know, stop trying to reinvent the wheel. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Dan, uh, talking of keeping things simple, I want to talk to you about the five whys. And if you've not read the book, the five whys is the idea that to find out the underpinning reasons maybe for a performance outcome or for an athlete not performing, then you have to drill down by asking them why five times. So maybe you then find out that they've been skipping lunch or skipping their weight sessions. And the way that I've taken this on board and the way that I'm using it is to actually improve the client's goal setting. So what I mean by that is a client or an athlete comes to me with a goal, let's say it's weight loss, and then the first questions I'm going to ask them is why. Oh, you're using that. And do you find it takes about five whys? 
Yeah, uh, yeah. Five seems to to really help get to the depth of their goals, you know. And we ended up with some really, really clear and specific goals. So, you know, for example, um, using that weight loss example. So the first question is why, uh, and they may tell you that they've got a, a wedding coming up and want to get slimmer. All right, same question. Why? All right. Well, there's a dress that I want to wear to the wedding. Why? Uh, it really makes my midsection and butt look great. All right. Why? I'm not happy with my midsection and butt, uh, and it's affecting my self-esteem. So they're like, cool. Okay, now we've got something real to work with that the client's going to buy into. We can align our pirate maps with those goals that we've produced from the five whites, and it's working really, really well. What I'd like you to do is I'd like you to make a chart of this. I like this. So we start, we don't do goal setting. We ask the goal. And then we do the five whys. And you'll notice the five whys lead right over to a, a pirate map, don't they? What are the five? Okay, so the five whys, whys lead to the five things on the pirate map. And then from there, we might be able to slide over here into maybe. So the, the pirate map is the daily checklist, right? And we slide this person into a weekly, monthly yearly you know oh some people just want to get up to the wedding that's fine but part of your job as the big kid in this conversation is to say okay that's great you're ready for the wedding mm -hmm. but are you you know what about you're gonna have grand you know there could be grandkids you know there might be do you want to be able to run around the grandkids i mean my grandson danny i don't know where they got the name was over here uh and we played this we have this game we shoot at each other and run around the basement I'm 61 and he's five. And we run around and we laugh and we chase and we hide and we duck and we stand up. I mean, I don't know how many more years I have on the planet, but he's going to remember Grandpa Danny, uh, what do they call me? Papa Dan. Papa Dan, jumping over chairs, hiding under a table. He's going to remember that. And that's got to be part of my why, too. Yeah, I mean, we have a really similar philosophy in this case. Like, Yes, I get the focus of the programming for an athlete needs to be about the next, you know, one to five years. But one day the athlete is going to retire and be a grandparent. And I believe we owe it to those athletes, you know, to be able to walk when they get there. Well, here's the thing. I mean, this, this is going to come off awful, but there's a lot better discus throwers from my generation. Why aren't you talking to them? They're not with us. So, you know, we all make choices. You know, you, you know there's these these documentaries now about these bodybuilders who aren't that long ago, who are complete cripples. And, you know, I'll be talking to you students, you guys at St. Mary's, and you guys want to hear about, you know, injecting. In, I mean, you guys want to hear about this. And the problem is there's a huge price tag down the line for all this nonsense. You know, well, I hope that was that was good. But so you have a homework assignment. Your homework assignment is to put up a and I'd love it if you give it to your clients, too. So what we're looking for is looking for maybe one piece of paper like this. The five, what's the goal? The five wives, the five whys, the tie-in to the pirate maps, okay? And then a teaching about shark habits, because that has to go along with it. Do you have my little, do you have my circle inside of a circle? Mm, yeah, I think I've got it on some lecture notes. Okay, when there's, I, I remember I joked about how I drew the shark. I actually did draw that shark. <laughs> so just so they, they can see it. And then from there, 
the weekly checklist, you know, and that one, for me, that's a shop. Do you have a shopping list? You know, what's your shopping list? I would give your people a shopping list. And if you don't have one, I'll get one for you, okay, because I have a couple. In fact, I think every book I have has this, right? So, okay. So shopping list, what's the weekly menu? And what they begin to do is tie in their whys to their pirate maps, to their shopping list, to the menu. And by the way, I include chores on my because I think I think it's the same word, right? Chore, household. I include chores on mine too, because I've found one of the things people have told me in the past is that they get so caught up with the laundry they don't make good meals. And it's like, well, you should do laundry, dark laundry on Monday, white laundry on Tuesday, clean the bathrooms on what? And it's like illuminating. So the nice thing about all these things is it frees up that mind space to stay focused on the five whys. All this stuff brings clarity and a process to the five whys. Yeah, I mean, we talk about this a lot in education, actually. like There's a trend at the moment that students go to college or university uh, and they want the certificate or the degree, but they have no interest in actually going through all of the aspects that actually lead to that qualification. You know, we live in a society where people can have things in minutes and it's easy to see how that leaks into education and training. So, you know, having that, that blueprint, having that map that tells someone how they achieve it, you know, really helps to achieve focus from day one. You know? and, and that goes for, for clients and athletes alike. I coached American football. Now, it, it, as complex as you guys think American football is, it's more complex. Just remind me. So I would go into games with nine plays. And some of them, we'd only go in one direction. And people go, well, I go, no, no, no. Yeah, it would fool the opposition. But actually, it would, we, would, we, would, we would come in with nine plays that we did well. That's it. And that's when we win games. We took this hyper-complex thing called American football and said, we're going to do nine. And maybe at halftime, I'd sit down with the guys and go, okay, listen, listen. I think in the second half, we can go to the left on this play. And guys would be like, yeah, we know that. But I would, oh, you guys can? Okay, because now you have to prove it to me you can because you certainly didn't practice it well. And it's interesting because that little change worked you take this whole thing this nutrition how, what do i try to do with nutrition i'm going to eat 14 ve- different vegetables a day i can't listen to all the other nonsense i mean i have all these books here you know as i start to reach in i can't find more nutrition book this isn't her nutrition book area but uh, i have all these books on nutrition and all this nonsense but i needed something simple and to the point yeah, I, I absolutely love that. Um, all right, so before I let you go today, Dan, I want to talk about the hammer and stone concept quickly, which you talk about in the book. Uh, and it's something that I guess intuitively is part of the strength conditioning coaches programming, or, or at least it should be. But it seems to go missing when it comes to training general population. How important do you think hammer and stone is for the general population? And how would you go about programming it? Well... For the general pop, you focus on stone. So that's why the bear hug carry, some bear crawls, suitcase carries can be so valuable. Because most people you work with aren't knitted, knitted anymore. 
you know, so, and then over time, so you almost have to flip it. Over time, you want to start bringing in the the stadium steps or the skipping or whatever, you know, the, you know, the, the ballistic movements. Okay. <laughs> you can tell I'm a coach. I, I stopped using words. All of a sudden the bang and the boom and the zing and the wackadoo, you know. Uh, and then how does that fit with addressing any gaps that the client's got? You should address gaps almost the very first day you start working with somebody. If they don't know how to squat deep, they can't squat deep. There you go. There's day one. And you spoke before about addressing those gaps in a kind of two-week blocks. So you're focusing on kind of one thing in a period of time. Yeah. So the first, so if you come to me and you've had some experience lifting and you have got a big bench, uh, you got a big row, you don't squat deep and you don't know how to hinge. We'll still do the push pull stuff, but the focus will be on teaching you to do the other movements. And by the way, it'll be absolutely exhausting for you just to squat and hinge if you don't know how, especially if you have a big engine. If you have a big upper body, you benched 180 kilos and you can't squat 30 <laughs> goblet squats with the 24 are going to kill you, man. They're going to kill you. You'll be, um, so since coming back from the surgery, I did, so yesterday I did three sets of 10 on the RDL with 60 K. I woke up today trashed, trashed. Remember I deadlift close to 300 K in my prime 60 is schooling me because I've been doing it a while, you know? So woke up today. And like, oh my God. <laughs> All right, then. Uh, so probably about time I let you go. Before you leave, can you tell us anything about the new book coming up? I think you said it was 40 Years with the Whistle. With the Whistle, yeah. Uh, what are we going to get from that book? A lot of some interesting insights about my life and then the, what, what I learned from all my coaches, which is a lot. Okay. Awesome. Yep. And, uh, and for anyone who wants to find out more about you or, or find your work, where's the best place for them to, to go to find that information? Well, I got to tell you right now, and I would surprise to say this, but I think um, if you go to Instagram, Coach Dan John, I'm shocked at how easy Instagram is a natural for me. I've only had two people say asshole stuff. One is some psychopathic Christian, American Christian, because I use the word Ramadan. He said just offensive things about Muslims. And I'm just, I just, I, 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 that is a foundational belief. The absolute dignity of the human person is a foundational belief in my home. And I just, and another guy said something about me being a fat fuck or something like that. And he's just, I'd like, I, I wish I could meet these guys in real life. I, am I bigger than people think I am? I would say deceptively so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I always think it's funny. People will think, oh, I thought you'd be bigger. We'll take a picture. And I'm like, and also, next time we talk, I'll tell you about the, the one time my daughter saw me angry. I'm just saying, you don't want to, probably don't want to piss, piss this guy off. I'm just saying, I'm a very kind person, but making fun, making fun of other people's faiths, that's, that's just, a, that's something I can't. Now, it's sad to say it because I'm American and we do this. It's, we call it, you know, my country has just gone to, well, whatever. But yeah, and then the other place on the internet, straight up, thousands of pages of free information, danjohn.net. Hey guys, if you're listening to this part of the podcast, you listen to the whole thing and you are awesome. Thanks for checking it out and watch out for upcoming episodes across the summer.